ingredients in our natural living, and God knows that, and that's why he has provided for us in his word. So I want to continue with the series on financial empowerment. So the word empowerment means as you listen to the word of God, you acquire the power to get wealth. So how many of us are getting the power to get wealth this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. It's very important. Amen. So these uh, lessons are here to empower you. Amen. And we are going to look into the law of sowing and reaping. But before we do that, you know, I need to give you some more understanding when it comes to wealth. Now, we need to understand that money is natural. It is not spiritual. Money is for you to use on the earth. We don't need to use money in heaven. So we need to understand wealth from the word of God. We need to understand and get into biblical economics or biblical finances. So let's look at Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. And no matter how old you are or how young you are, you need to get into this ram because this ram is very, very important and it's very, very powerful. And if you look at Psalm 35, verse 27 in the King James, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous course. Yes, let them say continually. Say with me, continually. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So let me ask you a very basic question. Does God want you to be prosperous? Does God want you to have wealth? Amen. Does God want your bodies to prosper? Amen. Does God want you to be in health? Absolutely. Amen. So it's important for us to understand that. And also I want you to look at the second line. Let them shout for joy. Not crying. And be glad. That means be excited. That favor what? My righteous course. My righteous course. Amen. And then let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Not somebody who sits at home and not doing anything. Servants. Workers in the kingdom. Amen. So we need to understand what wealth is for and what wealth is connected to. Money in and of itself is neutral. It matters whose hand it is in. If money is in the hand of the wicked, it can do a lot of damage. It can bring destruction even to nations. But if money is in the hand of the righteous, it can do a lot of good. You can look around and you can look at the hospitals, the schools built by the Christian missionaries, Christian organizations. You can see them everywhere in this nation, in Australia. At the same time, money can also be used to build weapons, to purchase weapons, bombers, fighting jets. If you look at the military budget of the government, don't tell me that it doesn't take money to run a nation. A poor nation doesn't have any say as far as international politics are concerned. So it is our duty. The Bible says that we need to pray for our kings and for all those that are in authority. It is your duty as an Australian resident an Australian citizen, to pray for your country to be wealthy. It is your duty as an Australian citizen to pray for your country to be building industries, businesses, to be digging up resources. Can we say amen? It's very important for your country to be rich, to be wealthy. It is not the will of God for us to have a welfare nation. It is not the will of God for us to be broke and to be dependent on welfare. Well, a lot of Christians say, well, I just live for God. Money is unimportant. Why should I talk about money? If your vision is small, 
If all that you're thinking about is just you and your four and no more, then you don't need much money. If your vision is small, then you don't need a lot of money. You can feel rich even if you have just a few thousand dollars or even just a few hundred dollars. But if you have to purchase a land, if you have to purchase buildings, if you have to purchase businesses, if you have to pay employees, if you have to run a factory, then you realize that you do need money. A lot of it. So your financial vision is very much related to your goal, your assignments from God, and your desire to serve him. We need a bigger harvest size. If you're just growing something in the backyard of your house, if you're just growing for your full and no more, you don't need a big harvest. But if you have a heart to feed a lot of people, like Jesus, he fed how many? 5,000 and then? And then how many? 4,000, not counting women and children. So if you want to feed a lot of people, then you do need a big harvest. And God is into stretching his church these days. The church cannot afford to be poor, cannot afford to have a poverty mentality, cannot afford to be so, so, so small-minded. Can we say amen? And the church is not just somebody else. Come on, tell yourself, the church is me. One more time, the church is me. Come on, tell yourself, what I can do matters. I don't agree with early retirement. I don't believe in retirement. I believe that you should be actively going until you reach heaven. Amen. If you agree, then say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. It is the will of God for us to be proactive. How many of you know that when you're active, your mind goes quicker? Your blood pumps better. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So stay active. Amen. So it's the size of the harvest that determines the size of your sowing. Not the other way around. If you have a big vision, then you need a big budget. If you have a big vision, then you need lots of money. But if you're just thinking about yourself, then you don't need much money. Isn't that right? Money is connected to its usage. It's connected to assignments. It's connected to calling. I think what cripples the church a lot of times is because we are always thinking that somebody else will do the job. Why do I have to pray? Pastor Dora will pray. I don't need to pray. Somebody else is praying anyway. Who is that somebody? Come on. Tell yourself that somebody is me. Let me ask you. Does God need you to pray? Does God need you to pray? And I've heard Christians praying like this. You're God. You can do anything. Amen. <laughs> That's not prayer. Yes, God can do anything. God can do everything. But in order for him to do something in your life, in order for him to do something on the earth, he needs to flow through the residents of the earth. He needs to flow through somebody who is in your life. And the most important person and the critical person is you. And prayer is not throwing everything back to God. No. Prayer is knowing the word of God. And you talk like a lawyer. You talk like a barrister. 
And you defend yourself against the attack of sickness. You defend yourself against the attack of poverty. You defend yourself against the attacks of the devil by the word of God. Hallelujah. That's why the psalmist David said, he said, let my tongue be like the pen of a ready writer. And when you're flowing in the Holy Ghost, when you're praying in the word of God, your tongue is like a sharp, double-edged sword. And it cuts the devils every time. And you break the stronghold of the enemy. How many of you have read the prophecy that I sent you? You need to read it. And I suggest that you print it out and use it and pray. God is raising up a team of warriors, of people who knows and who wants to know how to pray. Prayers are very powerful. We believe in God. We don't believe in praying. It's not that we believe in praying. But prayer is a weapon. It's a means by which God can move on the earth and move in your life. Move in the life of your families. Move in the life of those that you pray for. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. How many of you know that if you go to court, you need a good lawyer to argue your case? And Jesus is our defender. And he needs to defend you with you knowing his word, with you having his word coming through your mouth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's so important that we know. Amen. Another area to do with money is control. Proverbs 22 verse 7. You should know this scripture by now. Proverbs 22 verse 7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. And that's why you have countries that are rich that go around, you know, trying to say, I'm giving you this money. I'm building your highways. I'm building your bridges. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Guess what's the intention behind that? Control. And uh, some of us, you know, we have seen parents who control their children with money. I'm not paying for your uni fee, not until you study what I tell you to study. You're not getting your inheritance, not until you marry the woman I want you to marry. (laughs) And um, if you don't burn me incense after I've died, you lose your inheritance. Money is a means to control. And then what? The children, they feel indebted to their parents. Or, you know, you have been very generous to me. You know, you have been so nice to me financially. I feel indebted to you. This is not what God wants for any one of us. Paul said that I owed no man Anything except love. So it's important that when we give, we give with no strings attached to it. I'm talking about even in a marriage. (laughs) Husbands that give your wives money, you give with no strings attached. Can we say amen? Oh. Come on, all the husbands say with me, no strings attached. Right? Freely, freely you give and freely, freely you receive. Amen. Amen. Well, I've given you this month's expenses, so you be my washing machine and be my cooker. (laughs) That's not God's way. God wants us to live by freedom, the freedom to love, the freedom to give, the freedom to work with no financial debts and no obligations. Can we say amen? Say with me, I love with a free heart, with a pure heart. Amen. Amen. God's financial system of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping empowers and enables us. 
It is a holy system. It protects us from all the corruptions in the world. Because God's giving has no strings attached to them. God's giving is unconditional. Whereas the world's way of giving, the world's financial system, the devil's way of giving is to bind you and to corrupt you. Whereas God's way of giving is to set us free. Can we say amen? To set us free and to give us a victorious way of living. Can we say amen? So what's the meaning of the word prosper? To prosper means to thrive. I don't know about you. I use the uh, fertilizer, which is called Thrive. And whenever I apply that fertilizer to my plants, everything blossoms. (laughs) That's the meaning of the word prosper. It means to thrive. So God's law is to multiply and to bring success. Can we say amen? If you look around in nature, we can see God's law at work. Everything that has life multiplies. For example, if you have a seed and you plant that seed in the soil, what happens? It grows because the life is in the seed and it grows. And let me ask you, how many fruits can the seed bear for you? For example, if it's an orange tree, how many oranges can you get from a seed? One? One? No, a lot. So when you sow, believe in multiplication. When you plant your seed, believe God for what? Multiplication. Say with me, multiplication. Everything that has life in it multiplies. We're talking about vegetation. We're talking about animals. We are talking about people. We can all multiply. Say to yourself, I can multiply. One more time. Say as if you believe it. I can multiply. Amen. Can I ask you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 to 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 to 8. Because the word of God is a, a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. That means the word of God will lead us and guide us and the word of God will make a way for us in the darkness. It's like, oh, I can't believe God for healing. I can't believe God for healing. It's too painful. But as soon as the word of God lifts you up on the inside and the revelation comes, the healing comes. Amen. Every man, how many every man do we have here? Every person, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Say with me, not grudgingly. Say with me, not of necessity. That means it's not a duty. So let him give. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Giving is a love language. God loves to give. Because that expresses his love for us. Can we say amen? And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Say with me, all grace abound towards me. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. (laughs) Have you noticed that? That you always having all all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. How many of you know that good work involves giving? Yes. Like if you want to provide for a church, for example, in Burma, you want to provide for a church in the Philippines, or you want to provide for an orphanage, that involves finances, that involves money. And that's what God is saying. That he will give us the grace, he will give us the power, amen, to get wealth. Can we say amen? Amen. So lift up your hands and receive. Amen. Start with the vision to bless people. It's not just me, 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 and myself. No, I want to bless. I want to bless a lot of people. I want to bless people. I want to bless people. Amen. I I do have a desire to open a restaurant. I want to have a a restaurant that can get people saved. 
Amen. And that requires finances. Can we say amen? Anything that you want to do for God involves money. Amen. And that's why God has given us the power to get wealth. Amen. So after you have read the scripture, do you feel safe and do you feel secure? Yes. Amen. Will God provide for you? Will God provide for you? Yes. So let's be delivered from a stingy and a poverty spirit. Let's be delivered from a stingy and a poverty-stricken spirit. Amen. Come on, say with me, I'm stingy no more. I'm stingy no more. I'm poor no more. Lift up your hands now and mean what you say. Lord, give me a generous spirit. Amen. A stingy and a poverty-stricken spirit is a demon. It captures and manipulates. It is a spirit of fear. It's the fear of loss. It's the fear of being poor. It's the fear of poverty. And especially for those of us, like including myself, growing up in poverty in the slums, you know, it took us a lot to, to be where we are now. And so there is um, still an innate fear for the loss of wealth. It's just like Cain. He worked so hard to dig into the field to come up with a harvest. Remember, the ground was cursed. So it's very hard for him to have to give something to God. So maybe I'll just give God my leftovers. You know, I'll just give God what I don't need. Well, I need to feed my kids. You know, God, you can't take away food from my kids. Isn't that right? There is that natural fear. But God's grace will empower us to give. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. Remember that widow, she said she's going to use everything, you know, finish her last meal and die, she and her child. But Elijah said, make me something to eat first. And I'm sure that widow must be thinking, you think you are a godly man and you're saying that I feed you first and then let us die? But the Bible says, seek you first. Seek you first. Seek you first the kingdom of God. So can I take God's tithe money to spend on my own needs? Can I? No. No. Because tithe belongs to God. It's not even money. It's not even my money. I haven't even started giving. I'm only giving God what dues him. It's his money. Tithe is not my money. Tithe is God's money. And that's why in the book of Malachi, it says that if you do not tithe, you're actually stealing from God. So I've only started giving after I've tithed. And that's why God's heart is so, so much for us when it comes to the area of finances. Because he knows He knows our needs, right? He knows our needs. And when he tells us to give, it's not because he's wanting to get something from us. No, why would he want to get something from us? He wants to bless us. Come on, say to yourself, God wants to bless me. Amen. Hallelujah. And I am your testimony. Ever since I've gotten saved, I've never stopped tithing. And I've never become poor. I grew up very poor. So I am the testimony that God works. Can we say amen? So for those that grew up being poor, wealth could easily become his or her security, recognition, status symbol, provision for their kids and grandkids. For some of us, control is very important. I don't want to be involved in anything that I can't control. I don't want to be involved in anything that I have no say in. A lot of us, we love to be in control. And having money does give you a sense of control. And losing that sense of control is very scary, very frightening for some people. 
Because to have money means I have control over my living. I have control over my dependence. But I want you to know this morning that it is a lie from hell. It is a lie from the devil. Why? Because you are not God. You cannot provide for anybody, not even yourself. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. I am not God. What happened to Lucifer? Why did he fall from heaven when he was a worshiping cherub? Why did he fall from heaven? Because he wanted to be God. You are not God. I am not God. And we are made to be dependent on God. We don't like it when we have to depend on someone. I don't like it when I have to depend on someone. I like to do everything myself. (laughs) We don't like it when we have to depend on somebody. But God has created us to depend on him and also to depend on one another. Isn't it right? Isn't it true? Not control one another, but to depend on God and to depend on one another. Can we say amen? So let's rest in that and let's practice that. Say to the person next to you, I'm not a control freak. Say to the person next to you, I don't and I can't control anything nor anybody. Amen. Let's renounce the demon of mammon. Come on, let's tell the devil that you have no control over me. Come on, say it with me. You foul devil of mammon. You have no control over me. No control over my mind, my emotions, my will. You have no control over my living. No control over my family. No control over my kids. I renounce you. And I command you right now. Get out. Get out. Get out. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. And lift up your hands right now. And say with me, Lord. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. Amen. Amen. That's why David says in Psalm 23, verse 1 and 2, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can we say amen? So what are the reasons for wealth? Why do we need money? Honestly, if it's just up to us, we don't need a lot of money. I mean... Maybe a few thousands and that's it. Right? You don't need like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. But if you need to acquire land, you need to uh, build a house, you need to buy a house, you need to build a, you need to, uh, build a business, you need to have a car, then you need more money. Isn't that right? Amen? So money, in a way, is to facilitate our living. Money facilitates our living. Give us a convenience. To live well. Can we say amen? So what are the causes for wealth? Number one, Psalm 35 verse 27. We had that just now. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favors my righteous cause. When your cause is righteous, wealth is for the manifestation of righteousness. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. So righteousness is connected to wealth and wealth is attracted to righteousness. Can we say amen? 
Our giving is very, very important. Our giving connects us to God's financial grace. Lift up your hands and say financial grace. Your giving connects you with God's financial grace. Now, you have to understand the Gentiles, for those who do not know God, they believe in luck. You know, they have those cats there, you know, waving and telling money to come. They believe in feng shui, you know, how the wind blows and how the river flows. Because there is a spiritual side to the moving of money. Because money is not pursued, money is attracted. Money is attracted. So God's money is attracted to righteousness. Amen. Number two, wealth is related to vision, to assignment and calling. Vision, assignment, and calling. Remember David, how did he defeat Goliath? How did he defeat Goliath? Because in his heart, his God is big. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's a covenant man. And he went around. He went around. He talked to everybody. He said, isn't that a cause? Why are we in this battle? Why are we fighting the Philistines? Isn't there a cause? It's important that we don't, you know, we don't have a, a peanut mind, that our mind is not so little, that we all we think about is just myself and my fall and no more. And then just financial needs, my business. No, isn't there a cause? Isn't there a meaning to your life? Isn't there a meaning to living isn't there a cause to your money? Isn't there a reason that you've been given the money? Can we say amen? So our finances is connected to our assignments. Isn't there a cause? Isn't there a cause that I should be healthy? I'm doing this women's ministry. I'm doing this men's ministry. Isn't there a cause that I should be healthy? Can we say Amen. Hallelujah. And you kick the devil out. Isn't there a cause that I should be wealthy? And you kick the devil out. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And wealth is for love. Wealth is God's love language. And wealth is generational. Go with me to Psalm 37, verse 25 to 26. This is David speaking. He said, I have been young Psalm 37, verse 25 to 26. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children, his seed begging bread. Wealth is generational. One generation to the next will praise him. It's very important that our mind not be so little that we just think of ourselves and no more. We need to repent. I repented because I used to be a very self-centered person. I could only think about myself. It's important for us to know because we carry this life and we reproduce after our own kind. We reproduce godly children. We reproduce children. We carry the gift of reproduction. We carry the gift of propagation. Can we say amen? How many of you propagate your plants at home? Yes. It's so powerful, isn't it? Propagation is very powerful. That's why I say to you, everything that has life and it grows. I can grow lots of African violets. I can grow lots of African violets with just one leaf. How many of you know that one leaf can give rise to many leaves? And then afterwards, you can pluck out that leaf and use it to grow some other young leaves again. How many of you have aloe vera at home? It's got lots of life in it. Like you can leave it there for one week and it still it stays fresh. There's a lot of life in, in what we have around us. Amen. Amen. And if you read, what is the, what is the verse 26? Verse 26. Can we go to verse 26? He is ever merciful and lands. And his seed is blessed. So the minute you give something, the minute you bless someone financially, your children are being blessed. Giving connects us with every area of our life. 
If you want to have children, start giving. Start teaching. Start serving in the Sunday school. Amen. Whatever you do to others from your heart and from your faith, that blessing will be multiplied to your children. Why was Solomon so blessed? Because David, his heart is after God. Can we say amen? Giving governs every area of our lives. It includes our health. It includes our generational blessings. Amen. Money is God's expression of his delight. Remember, he was talking to Solomon. And Solomon said to him, well, I need the wisdom to govern your people. And God was so blown away by Solomon, what he said. I just want to govern your people well. And God was so pleased with what Solomon said. And God said, not only would I give you what you requested, I'll give you a lot more. And how many of you know that even to today, Solomon is still the richest man on the planet earth. Giving is God's delight. He loves to give. How many of you love to give? Yes. Amen. Praise God. So money is God's expression of love. It's also his expression of approval, endorsement, encouragement, and reward. We read Deuteronomy 28 last week. Here's the key. Well, somebody said, well, Pastor Dora, you keep talking about money. You get me money-minded. It can be dangerous. (laughs) Let me ask you, this body that we have, isn't it neutral? I can, use my, I can use my body for good. I can use my body for bad. So does it mean that God will keep us sick so we won't do anything harm, anything harmful? No. Money is neutral, as I explained to you. The more money you have, the more you know what's in your heart. Isn't that right? So the key is not to take care of money. The key is to take care of your heart. This body is natural. A person can use his body to steal and kill and destroy. A person can use his body to bless a lot of people. So does it mean that God should break your legs? No. (laughs) So the key is the issue is not money. The issue is stewardship. Do you get it? The issue is not money. I know a lot of Christians don't just give me so much money, just enough for me to eat every day. (laughs) You will never do anything for God if that's what you think. Can we say amen? Wealth is not the issue. It's the stewardship. I remember when I became a Christian, my thoughts were, Lord, I want to use this house for you. I want to have a big room so I can invite a lot of people to come for home group. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay in the straight and the narrow in our thinking. Reactionary thinking is of the flesh. Can we say amen? Don't engage in fearful negative thinking. Engage in positive thoughts of faith. Can we say amen? Is everybody okay? Are you still all right? Do you still like me? It's okay. Amen. <laughs> now we move to, the, move to the important part. God's law of sowing and reaping. Now we go to the part where we can get some money. All right. God's law of sowing and reaping. Point number one. When it comes to sowing and reaping, let's look at Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Are you ready to acquire wealth? Are you ready to get wealth? Come on, lift up your hands. You don't look so interested. Are you interested? Are you interested? Yes. Okay. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. While the earth remains, that's a lot of time, seed, time, and harvest. I just want to focus on that. I want you to separate seed time into two words. Seed time harvest come on stay with me seed time harvest now go with me to mark chapter 4 verse 28 mark chapter 4 verse 28 this is jesus speaking mark 
chapter 4, verse 28. How many many of you know that even Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, he had to go through time. He had to come in the womb of a woman. He had to grow up until he became 30. Time. Time. Time is a very, very important element in our lives. Amen. For the earth brings forth. What brings forth? The earth. So the law of harvest is already built into the earth. The law of propagation is already built into the natural. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself. Come on, say with me first. The blade. Say with me second. The year. After that, the full coin in the year. So there is a process. There is a period of time. There is a process. There is a period of time. We are talking about seed, time, harvest. So seeds must go through a period of time to bring through, to bring forth a harvest. Time never stops. Time does not stop. It's always moving until we reach heaven or somebody else's reaches hell. Time is always moving and time is vital. When we talk about our lifespan, when you talk about your lifespan, you're talking about the number of years that you are given as a steward on the earth. The number of years that you are given as a steward on the earth. Now, don't focus so much on the mirror and say that, oh, I've grown old. I've start, I'm starting having wrinkles and, and gray hair. Oh, you know, even those that are 30 think that they're growing old. <laughs> but definitely every one of us, no matter how old or how young you are, you are time traveling. Every one of us, we are time traveling all the time. And time, you can put it this way, time is like a box, like a container. It is up to me to put whatever in my time. If I'm sowing today, then this time keeps flowing, keeps going. Time is linear. It's never circular. And this time we'll keep going and keep going. And what I've sown today will come back to meet me as my harvest. One month down the track. Or two months down the track. Or one week down the track. Depends. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Or I can sow laziness in my time. I don't want to do anything. I just feel lazy. Just sitting in front of the TV and watch TV or just playing my game, computer game, phone game. So you've sold nothing into this time box or this time vessel or this time frame. And this time keeps moving and keeps moving. And then it meets you down the track. And do you have a harvest? No. Because you have sown nothing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Time is very, very important. Time is very, very powerful. Time, can anybody buy time? You can't buy time. Can, can we reverse time? No, we can't. I was looking at my daughter's 18 birthday candles. You know, I was tidying up my house And then I saw her birthday candles when she was 18 years old. And I thought, wow, time had passed so quickly. That's why make good use of your time. You can never do tomorrow what you need to do today. You can never do today. What you could have done yesterday. Time is very, very expensive. You can't buy it and you can't reverse it. That's why the Bible says, redeem your time for the days are evil. 
That's called investment. For example, I'm doing a course and I'm learning a skill. What am I doing? I'm investing into my time. I'm investing into my life. Because this knowledge that I'm acquiring will meet me down the track and give me wisdom and give me a harvest will produce for me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? For a student who spent three years in the university getting a bachelor degree. For a doctor who has spent five years getting a medical degree. So their time produces for them a harvest. And what is that degree for? The degree is to give them skills. The degree is to give them talents, skills in their hands so that they can serve the community. And in return for their service, they get their wealth. Amen. Amen. So time in and of itself is neutral. The same way I can use time for evil. I'm so angry with that person. Every day I spend hours sulking, offended, upset, angry. So what have I put into my time frame, into my time vessels? Negative emotions, negative thoughts. And the time will go and flow. And then down the track, the time will come back to me as bitterness, unforgiveness, cancer cells, mental depression. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, you ask me, Pastor Dora, if God loves me, why doesn't he just provide for me? Why does he have to go through all the trouble? Why, the, why didn't God just provide for the widow? Why did God have to send Elijah there and then ask the widow to cook him a meal? You know, why did God, you know, God is sovereign. You could do anything. <laughs> yes, God is sovereign. But God has given us the free will to rule over ourselves. We have been given the freedom to decide what to choose, what to think, how to feel. We have been given the freedom to sow to our harvest. Can we say amen? We have been given the freedom to be healthy, to be wealthy, to be wise. Amen. We need to train our tongue what to say and what not to say. If you're always talking about poverty, you're always talking about sickness, and you're accepting it, you think that it's okay, the devil will say, well, you have to understand, you know, everything in the realm of the spirit is legal. The devil will say, well, he said that, so I'm okay to put sickness on him. He said that, so it's okay for me to make him poor. How many of you know what I'm talking about? For by your tongue, your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. That's why we are a word of faith church. We learn how to talk. We learn how to talk because we know that there's a devil. There are teams of demons. They're waiting to get our words to hurt us. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So time is a mystery. It can work for you or it can work against you. It can bring decay or it can bring growth. It can bring destruction or construction. Depending on what you put in your time vessel. Amen. It's important for us to invest in our time. It's important for you to invest in your life. Amen. Getting knowledge is investing into your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And what you sow into your time determines the outcome of your life. I don't want in my senior days to be poor. And broke and sick. 
when I was in China in those days, you know, I remember I saw like very aged people. And you know what they did? That the, this person that I saw, this old man, he was riding a bike. And then on his bike, at the back of his bike, he had stacks of goods, you know, because he's delivering his goods to a shop or somewhere. And I looked at him. He's so old already. And he had to carry such a big stack of goods. And that's how he made his living. And I said, Lord, have mercy. Would you say that that's not what God wants for you? No. No, God wants you, you know, when you've reached your senior years, that you are still healthy, you are still wealthy, and you are wise. Can we say amen? We're not going to hell. We're not going to, a, you know, a, a poor place. Hell is poor. Heaven is rich. Hell is full of sickness. Heaven is health. So God has, in preparation for our senior years, a good place. Can we say amen? So I encourage you to start planning for your life. And part of the wisdom when it comes to finances is planning. So start working and saving and planning. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And I just want to uh, say that everything, point number two, everything in God's kingdom is tested by time. What is time for? Time is to test us. The Bible calls it faithfulness. The Bible calls it resilience. The Bible calls it loyalty. In Job chapter 23, verse 10 to 12, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. That's what stops you from sinning. When the devil comes to knock on my door, I'm determined. I shall win over him. Amen. Can't live a good life without a good vision. Can we say amen? Psalm 105 verse 19. Psalm 105 verse 19. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Well, you say you believe in healing. What about when you're feeling pain in your body? Well, you say you believe in provision. What about when you have lack? You believe in prayer. What about when you can't pray? Do you still pray? Do you still get up and pray when you feel very sleepy? When you feel very tired? When your body is all worn out? Yes, I will. Come on, say with me. Yes, I will. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Have this on the inside of you planted in your spirit. I'm planting the seed into you right now. Patience is winning the test of time. Everything will be tested. Patience is winning the test of time. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Through faith and patience inherit the promises. Can we say amen? Number three. Understanding timing. If I don't have patience, you know, I've planted those seeds already. What's happening? And I pluck them out. You ruin your harvest. Isn't that right? Amen. Now, when it comes to timing, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2. Are you learning something this morning? Yes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2. A time to plant, a time to harvest. A time to plant and a time to harvest. So we need to catch those moments. We need to catch those productive moments. How many of you plant seeds at home when you do your gardening? What do you do? You look at the packet and you check the time. When is it to plant seeds? When is it to sow seeds? So who will tell us that? The Holy Spirit. Fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit is so, so important when it comes to strategic moments. Can we say amen? If you look at Joel chapter 3 verse 13, Joel 3 13, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. That's timing. 
you don't put in the sickle when the harvest is not ripe. How many of you love custard apples to eat custard apples? How many of you have eaten a raw custard apple? It tastes very yucky, hey? (laughs) Very, very yucky. So the timing is very important. Lift up your hands with me and say, Lord, I thank you for your leading, your guidance, your strategic timing. Amen. 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 Point number four. I've, let me see. I've tried to finish with this. Point number four. Can you expect a harvest if you don't plant your seed? No. Can a farmer go to his farm and just pray and fast and worship God to have a harvest? No. No. And for a farmer who depends on his harvest to feed his family, can he plant just a little bit? No. He has to plant a big field. So this is the key. No sowing no harvest. No sowing, no harvest. But you say, but Pastor Dora, I serve. I sing in the team. I play an instrument. I did that when I was a Catholic. (laughs) Because as a Catholic, you don't give money. You just go and sing and you just go and serve. (laughs) You don't touch my money. (laughs) You plant money You harvest money. You plant food. You harvest food. You serve to win souls. You harvest souls. Can I put an apple seed in the soil and get grapes? Yes or no? Can I put a hydrangea seed in the soil and get oranges? Every seed is after its own kind. That's why the word of God says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's so important that we know. And that's why tithes is in your Bible. Why? Because it's God's way of protecting us financially. Amen. Tithing is not God's way to rob us. Tithing is God's way to protect us. Let me finish with this. My husband loves me very, very much. But he can't say that he loves me if he never allows me to use his money. Love is no love until you open your wallet. Come on, let's be honest. Come on. Your husband hasn't really loved you if all that he's keeping the money to is to himself. Your husband may not know the, you know, sweet talk. Your husband may not know how to be nice and sweet to you, but he has provided for you all these years. That is his love language. All the wages he's got from work. Here you are, wife. This is my wage. I'm giving that to you. That is his love. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? You don't sound very convinced. (laughs) Can we say amen? That is his love language. Amen. Amen. Money is a tool. Money is a language. Money is what we need to carry out our assignments, our vision. So have you been stretched this morning? Have your mind been enlarged this morning? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we, can we have the worship team on stage? Father, we praise you and thank you. Amen. And get the communion ready. Father, we praise you and thank you, Lord. You are so, so good.
Lord, your word has fed us this morning. Your word has enlightened us, oh God. Your word gives us the power, amen, to shama, to obey you. The power of obedience comes from your word, oh God. Amen. Thank you that you have washed us, that you have sanctified us. Amen. That you have cleansed us, that you have protected us from stupidity, that you've delivered us from foolishness. Amen. Praise Lord. Amen. Lift up your hands right now and thank you, Lord, that you have given us the power to get wealth, that we can carry out your assignments. Lord, give us your vision. Amen. Lord, let us, let us serve you. Let our wealth serve you. Let our money serve you. Let our money fulfill your vision. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything, all the wealth of this earth belongs to you. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein. So, Father, we receive from you. Father God, I pray that you bless each and every person with the powerful financial wealth. Amen. The power to get wealth. The power to obtain wealth. Father, deliverance from poverty. No more poverty. Break the curse of poverty in the name of Jesus. But generational wealth, generational prosperity in the name of Jesus. And we bind the devil. You cannot send any sickness, any accidents, any calamities to steal and kill and destroy. We abort all your assignments. Abort all your plans against the church, against the people of God. We abort them in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, I just want to praise you and thank you that every thought that we have, any idea that we have comes from heaven, comes from above. In Jesus' name, come against any poverty mentality, any poverty thinking. Go in the name of Jesus. Father, we praise you and thank you. Thank you for enlarging our capacity to receive. Make us big to receive big from you. Father God, amen. Help us to draw a bigger circle. More than just me and my four and no more. A bigger circle. Give us the grace to bless a lot more people in the name of Jesus. Everybody say Amen. Can I ask you to stand with me?